Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello, it's Wednesday the 23rd of August. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. First up, a dad says he feels humiliated after his free school meal vouchers were rejected at a supermarket in Gravesend. Liam Barnard is an unpaid carer for his disabled nine-year-old daughter and has spoken to Kent Online about his experience at Morrison's. Dan's been taking a look at the story. Well, Liam went to the store earlier this month and tried to use £60 worth of vouchers, but when he got to the till with all of his shopping, they didn't work. He was told to phone Morrison's customer services. He said the vouchers should be valid, but the manager said there was nothing they could do. The 49-year-old from Mepham says it was embarrassing to go through the ordeal in front of other customers. He was worried security guards would think he was causing trouble and felt criminalised by the way he was treated. So did they get the vouchers to work in the end? Unfortunately not. Liam says he was forced to pay for his food and felt humiliated in front of other shoppers. He insists the vouchers always normally work in Tesco. A spokesperson for Morrison said, we are making contact with the customer so we can fully investigate the matter. Thanks, Dan. Kent Online reports. In other news, tributes have been paid to a Dover bricklayer who died after falling from Langdon Cliffs. Ricky Lowe's had been battling mental health issues and was found dead along the coast earlier this year. The dad of two has been described as a kind-hearted man and a loving partner. A fundraising page has been set up for his funeral. A man's been taken to hospital after suffering upper body injuries in an attack in Whitstable. The air ambulance landed at Whitstable and Seasalter Golf Club yesterday afternoon. A woman's been arrested. It's understood they know each other. Now, with less than a week to go until the ultra-low emission zone expansion comes into force, there are concerns about the impact it'll have on Kent businesses. From next Tuesday, people with older, more polluting vehicles will have to pay £12.50 a day to drive into Greater London. That includes Bexley and Bromley, where many people in North Kent have to go for work. The Mayor of London says it'll help reduce pollution in the capital, but there's been a lot of criticism of the scheme. Kent County Council are blocking TfL from putting up signs over the county border. Leader Roger Goff's been telling us why. We continue to um, reduce reject the moves by Transport for London to put their signage uh, on our highways and that's the position that we have in common with a number of authorities around London. It remains a source of frustration and anger to us that frankly the Mayor and Transport for London are imposing a whole series of burdens on Kent residents uh, and, and at each stage, even when you get measures of mitigation, they are mitigation for London residents, not for those of Kent. He's referring to a scrappage scheme which has been offered to people living in the capital who want to get rid of their older vehicle and replace it with one that's ULES compliant. It won't be available to residents here in Kent. KMTV's Gabriel Morris has been speaking to Tim Aker, who's the development manager for the Federation of Small Businesses in Kent and Medway. Do you think it's fair that uh, Transport for London hasn't extended their scrappage scheme into the home counties? It's now to the border, but not into the home counties. Well, I was speaking to an FSB member last week who has just spent way over £2,000 on a new car to cope with the incoming ULES. So the scrappage scheme, whilst it sounds good, is peanuts because all it will do is give people the opportunity to buy another non-ULES compliant car rather than an expensive new car. I think ULES is fair on businesses here in Kent. I don't Who... think ULES is fair full stop. It's a tax 
on people who have been through a hell of a lot over the past few years. When you factor in what small businesses have been through with COVID lockdowns, with the increase in the tax burden, with the increased energy prices. Well, remember when diesel was over two pounds. And now we've got the ULES. It's a sign that they don't want people to go into London. You look at the changes that are coming through. They're getting rid of travel cards at the start of next year. You're going to have to pay to use the new crossings into London. It's like they're saying, don't come into London. Don't trade with London, which is terrible. It's terrible for business. It's terrible for small business. And I don't know what they're thinking. This is going to end up being Sadiq Khan's poll tax. What's this going to mean for small businesses here in our county then? They're going to struggle. They're going to second guess their business. Uh, it means they're cutting off a wide consumer base in London. And it's going to mean that businesses will struggle. We've already seen in our latest business confidence index, confidence has slumped from the start of the year. And this is going to, going to add to concerns. So I'm afraid there's little good news with the introduction of ULES. What can businesses um, do, though, who might be impacted um, by the ULES um, uh, being expanded? Because it is going to come into force now. It has been deemed uh, lawful. Many businesses, I mean, I've spoken to many who say that 70, 80 percent of their businesses in London. What can they do if they have a non-ULES compliant ban? I think they can check to see whether it's compliance or not. Make sure you're prepared for it. Lots of businesses we speak to are already prepared for it. For instance, the member I was speaking to last week who's already shelled out thousands, many thousands of pounds on a new ULES compliant car. They're lucky because they can afford that. But there'll be many people very worried about the extra costs involved. And some will say um, that ULES, schemes like ULES do need to come into force to tackle air pollution in London. I, I know um, the mayor often says 4,000 Londoners die prematurely each year. So doesn't something need to come into force to tackle air pollution in London? Well, Sadiq Khan's own leader has U-turned on rolling these out across the country. So it seems the only person who's in favour of ULES is Sadiq Khan. When you look at the pollution on the London Underground, which is a lot worse than that above ground, we don't hear anything that's going to be introduced to tackle that, do we? What this is, is a tax. It's not a genuine commitment to tackle air pollution and air quality. It's a tax. It's a tax on the motorists. It's a tax on small business people. And like I said, it's going to be Sadiq Khan's poll tax. Kent Online News. Elsewhere today, a court heard how a banned driver led police on a chase through Margate before jumping out of a car which rolled into a house. Aaron Ansley drove at 70 miles per hour through residential streets while trying to get away from officers last December. The 37-year-old from Danesmead Terrace in Cliftonville was eventually arrested and failed a drug test. He pleaded guilty to several charges and will be sentenced at a later date. An application for two new special needs schools in Kent has been approved. One in Swanley will cater for 250 children and the other in Whitstable will have 120. It comes amid a growing need for places in the county. KCC have welcomed the news, saying it'll enable more children to go to a school that meets their needs closer to where they live. Rory Love is the Cabinet Member for Education and Skills. It's really um, great news, actually, for children and parents in Kent, um, because we've got the green light for two new special schools uh, from the Department for Education, one in Swanley and one in Whitstable. Um, and the, the great thing about these new schools is that they're going to be able to take children from those two areas without the need for those children to have to travel up to an hour or so a day, which they do at the moment. So I think that's really fabulous news. We've also got a third 
um, special school being built at the moment on Sheppey. So we are making some real progress here in you know resolving some of the difficulties that we've had over um, recent years uh, in special educational needs. Uh, and this is a real step in the right direction. We we made these bids to the Department for Education, and what they've announced today is that they've accepted our bids and they're going to proceed with these. It's going to do three things. I mean, as well as being hugely beneficial to the children um, who aren't going to need to, to travel, um, it's also going to save environmental emissions because you know when you take children from one part of the county to another um, in a taxi, obviously there's all sorts of environmental implications there. And also, as you absolutely rightly say, um, it's also fairer to the council taxpayer because it's the council taxpayer that foots the bill uh, for transport costs. And if you can provide appropriate education locally uh, to where the children live, then that's got to be good news all round. The county council's role right now is to get as much interest as we can from really high quality um, academy trusts in running the schools. Uh, and we're going to be organising some events uh, to encourage academy trusts to come forward, have a look at what the offer is, have a look at uh, the uh, areas that they're going to be serving. And then ultimately the decisions on that are going to be with the Department for Education. The plan is that they'll be up and running by 2026. Now, you know, all sorts of things can happen in that process, but that's the aim. And I'm pretty confident that we should be able to make that um, with the Department for Education. Kent Online reports. A strike by bin workers in Canterbury, Whitstable and Hearn Bay has been extended into October. Members of the GMB union rejected the latest pay offer from the council's contractor Canonco. They're calling for more negotiations as the walkout is set to enter its eighth week. A bus company has suspended a service in Gravesend after a window was smashed. Arrivas say one of their vehicles was attacked in Daring Way last Wednesday night. No one was hurt, but bosses are worried about the safety of staff and passengers. The 190 route won't be running for the rest of the summer holidays. Efforts are underway to support families who've lost their homes following a huge fire in Northleet. Residents have had to move into temporary accommodation after a blaze damaged six houses on Rose Street on Monday evening. Mandy Yates lives nearby. The elderly lady at number eight, she was still in her house with her daughter. Um, I went in there, told them to get out because the roof was on fire. Um, grabbed the, the family cat. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with their homes. I don't know if they're going to take the houses down or try and redo them up again I don't know but all I know is people have lost a lot of stuff and they need gonna need a lot of help there is a GoFundMe page help as much as you can. Councillor Jenny Wallace is in charge of housing services at Gravesham Council she says residents are being offered help and somewhere to stay. Of course our temporary accommodation is so stretched but these people are going to have to be given priority because of the trauma they've been through. And we will stay in contact with them because we do care about our residents and our tenants. An investigation's continuing to work out how the blaze started. Elsewhere, it's been revealed Kent Fire and Rescue Service has seen the biggest rise in average response times in the country. According to Home Office stats, it takes 11 minutes and 7 seconds for crews to reach a scene. That's up by 3 minutes and 5 seconds compared to 10 years ago. The Fire Brigade's union are blaming increasing cuts to services. Mark Rist is Director of Response at Kent Fire and Rescue. We face increasing pressures from road traffic in Kent and Medway. 
we have a mix of rural roads and urban roads, increasing traffic uh, flows, and of course the impacts on major roads of being our coastal uh, county that feeds into Europe. But the attendance time for primary fires is just one small measure of all the work that we do for the residents in Kent and Medway. Um, and we are facing an increasing range of, of diverse and complex incidents. And also, whilst we've seen our attendance times at primary fires increase, and, and we're, we're not denying that uh, for one minute, we haven't seen a resulting increase in negative outcomes. So fire deaths, fire injuries and the severity of fires uh, continue to decline. And that's down to our investment in training and equipment in our professional firefighters who do an excellent job when we arrive at an incident. Well, we're continually looking at where uh, our incidents are in Kent and Medway. We use our historic data. We work with the other authorities uh, in, the, in the county and the unitary authority to understand risk, where new communities are being built, where new road infrastructure is being put in place. And we bring that all together through our community risk management plans as a future look uh, to where the demand will be. And some of that will come down to time of day as well as geographic location. So we're always looking at where we would best put our resources and how we would manage them strategically in that very long term, but also through our fire and rescue control centre on a day-by-day -day basis so that as incidents happen, they spread the rest of the resources to uh, fill in gaps. And we've introduced a strategic reserve uh, which worked really well last year. So we were able to crew large numbers of fire appliances on those most demanding days in July when we had um, exceptional demand um, and managed to keep in front of the demand and put the fires out by bringing colleagues in from that are actually put onto work that's normally about prevention and protection, bringing them in to crew fire engines when we need them. So our response is that we need to be a flexible organisation and we need to flex as demand changes. I mean, as with everybody else during the pandemic, we had issues with obviously staff having to isolate um, and we had to manage things slightly differently. But uh, just to put that in context, our whole time firefighter numbers have gone up over the last few years in Kent and Midway. We employ more full time firefighters. As with every service, our traditional on call firefighters, we're competing against other employments and changes in the nature of work. So we're always looking at how we recruit and retain on call firefighters. But our numbers remain fairly consistent and, and we're very lucky. We're, we're in a privileged position in the Fire and Rescue Service. People want to work for us. People like working for the Fire and Rescue Service. So um, we don't face the staffing issues that some of our colleagues in other agencies do. Kent Online News. It's emerged 24 charging points for electric vehicles at Medway services can't be used because of a lack of power. They were installed as part of efforts to get more people driving cleaner vehicles. Medway Council say a mistake made by Southeastern Power Network when applying for road closures to carry out the work means they haven't been connected. Kent's holiday home hotspots have been revealed amid growing calls for their spiralling numbers to be curbed. New data shows Thanet has the most, whereas Gravesham has the least. The county's coastal areas are the most popular, with Dover, Folkestone and Hythe each having more than a 1,000 holiday homes. A scheme that supports people fleeing domestic abuse has issued an urgent appeal for more dog foster carers in Kent. The Freedom Project, managed by Dogs Trust, says it saw a 23% increase in demand for its services in the last year. Rebecca Philpot works for the charity and has been telling us more. So the Freedom Project is a specialist dog fostering service for people fleeing domestic abuse. Um, very often we find that people that are fleeing domestic abuse going into refuge or temporary accommodation, 
are unable to take their dogs with them, um, usually due to the fact that the accommodation is shared. Um, and therefore, we also find that people are very reluctant, understandably, to leave their pets at home. Um, there is a chance that that pet is then left you know, at significant risk if left at home. And therefore, people won't leave those dangerous situations in order to, um, you know, stay with their pet. And hopefully that's where freedom comes in. We remove that barrier and enable people to go into refuge or temporary accommodation, whatever it is that they're utilising, um, knowing that their pet is safe. We've seen a 23% um, increase in demand for our service in the last 12 months. Um, we don't know the reason why this is, but... Um, Refuge did a survey and they found that 77% of frontline workers that were um, asked said that the cost of living crisis is potentially what's stopping women from leaving their abusers. So um, it could be something to do with, yeah, the, the environment we're in at the moment, but um, we've, you know, there's always been a really big demand, but yeah, we have seen an increase, a significant increase. So we are calling out for um, our wonderful volunteer foster carers. We couldn't operate the service without our volunteer foster carers who take the um, dogs that come onto the project into their homes. Um, it's a completely free um, way to have a dog. Uh, we cover all the vet fees, provide all the equipment, provide all the food, and they are fully supported as a team. We've got um, you know years of experience and kind of um, dogs trust knowledge so they're fully supported through that placement with anything you know whether it be behavioral veterinary whatever it is that they've got going on fully supported and um we are desperately looking for more people that can bring their you know our foster dogs into their home there are a couple of little things that we ask so firstly we ask that they have experience of caring for um, a dog and that doesn't need to necessarily mean that they've owned a dog in the past but it might mean that they've walked other people's dogs or dog sat for people um we ask that they're available during the day um so um when we say that we mean that we ask that our foster carers don't leave the dogs for any longer than four hours um because a lot of our dogs do struggle to settle they like to you know have time to bond with their foster carer um we ask that they're um, available for up to six months our placements can be around six months sometimes a little bit longer um, we ask that they don't have any children in the home under the age of 10. Um, and also we ask that they don't have any cats um, because, yeah, that, that kind of the placement there then becomes slightly more tricky. Um, they Anyone can apply that's living within, um, you know, London and the southeast. And we would welcome anyone that wants to know any more information. You can get in touch via their website. An Italian shop in Tunbridge Wells has started selling prime drinks and vapes. As the owner says, that's what people want to buy. P&R took over from JC Rook and Sons Butchers last year and have also started stocking meat following requests from customers. Half the shop's also being turned into a barber's. And a pop-up golden retriever cafe is coming to Tunbridge Wells. If you've got one, you can bring it along to the Pitcher and Piano on Sunday the 3rd of September. The event will include a puppuccino bar and dog-friendly bakery. Kent Online Sports. Cricket and Kent are out of the one-day cup after losing to Hampshire. The Spitfires scored 325 on the Isle of Wight yesterday, but the home side beat that with nine balls to spare. Kent are the defending champions but won't take part in the knockout stages. And Dina Rasher-Smith has made it through to the semi-finals of the 200 metres at the World Athletics Championships in Budapest. The 27-year-old from Orpington won her heat in 22.46 seconds. The next round takes place tomorrow. 
That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories. Direct your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.